Today, we are joined by one of my favorite voices in sales development innovation. It's Mr. David Delaney. David is currently the founder and CEO of Tenbound. Tenbound is a research and advisory firm focused 100% on sales development. We've both noticed the trend that sales development has exploded over the past few years, and his expertise ends to up-level hundreds, if not thousands, of sales development professionals through research, consulting, and coaching. David and I talked through many things in this discussion, including why failure is a key part of any career journey and why trying as many things as you can to see what sticks is one of the key factors in any long, successful career. I'm excited to present my conversation with David Delaney on today's edition of How I Sell, presented by The Ramp Podcast. Let's jump in. You're listening to The Ramped Podcast, a podcast connecting industry heavyweights with the next generation of talented professionals. We're on a mission to build transparency into the practical realities of your early career by exploring how the world's best did it themselves. Our guidance will help you discover and launch a successful career in sales, technology, finance, and many other industries. Hello, future sales leaders, and welcome back to How I Sell. As always, I am your host, Danny Leonard. And as a reminder for our second season, we're switching up the format a bit and asking the same five questions to some of our most admired people in sales. Today, I am joined by one of my favorite voices in sales development, Mr. David Delaney. David is the author of the Sales Development Framework. He's the CEO of Tenbound. He's spent nearly 20 years in software sales at various companies like Glassdoor, Cisco, and Infer. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk with you. Of course, of course. We're pumped to chat with you as well. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us about some of the exciting things you're working on today? Yeah, absolutely. So we we set up Tenbound as a place to get information and, and research and content on sales development. So definitely, if you're interested at all in the SDR world and trying to figure out prospecting and following up on inbound leads and, and career steps and anything SDR related, definitely check it out. Um, and that's that's what we're here for. So we're super excited about that. We actually have uh, conferences um, that we do. and We've got one next week and Another one coming up in August, which are free and um, great speaker lineup on sales development, any and all um, in the SDR world. So definitely check those out too. Yes. Awesome. I was checking out the speaker list today. You've got Beck Holland, which is one of our favorites here at Ramped and Nikki Ivy. So folks that our audience would love to see. So we're going to pass that on to, to folks in the Ramp course as well. So would love to jump into the gauntlet. I say that in jest. Uh, it's five questions, not super difficult, but we want to get to know you a bit and get to know some of the things that you thought about throughout your career. So are you ready? Are you ready for it? Let's do it, man. I'm ready. Awesome. Well, the first question per usual is what is the best investment that an early career salesperson can do for themselves and why? Yeah, you know, it's kind of uh, not not intuitive, but I would say that now is the time to really take care of yourself physically. And so it doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with sales at the on the surface level. But but the reason I say this is sales is a very exciting and amazing career, but it's also you've got your ups and downs. You know, it's it's a roller coaster emotionally and, and physically. And you know, after we get through this pandemic period, there's a lot of traveling. There's a lot of going out to see people. And 
it just, it's hard on your, on your body, you know, and, and when you're coming up, you know, in your teens and twenties, you can just abuse yourself physically, uh, do whatever and, and generally bounce back. But, you know, as you kind of get into the thirties and forties, and you know, things start to slow down a bit. And if you can start a good foundation of taking care of yourself physically, you, you'll be much more resilient, you know, as you get into really the big money-making part of your career, which is a little bit later, you know, it's, it's all the stuff that your mom and dad probably told you, you know, eat right, get a plenty of sleep, exercise, um, try not to go too hard on the weekend, stuff like that. Um, I would really emphasize that right now, getting good habits that can carry you through to when it gets really interesting later in your career. That's uh, extremely good advice and something that I see rarely, uh, rarely followed, but good to note, you know, establishing these healthy habits for yourself is, is clearly critically important. And I can tell you as somebody in my twenties that, uh, you know, paid attention to this, but not as probably as much as I should. It, it does take you a little bit longer to bounce back now that I'm in my thirties and, you know, the same nagging, you know, ankle, foot, whatever, uh, takes, you know, weeks instead of days to recover from. So sound advice there. hundred percent. It's all about energy, you know, and managing your energy and, and, uh, the better that you take care of yourself, the more energy you're going to have, you know, when wisdom catches up to you later. So, get in the habit now. It, easier said than done. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, the, you wanted you wanted the advice from somebody who's further down the past. And so it's easy to give that advice. But if you can really try to emphasize um, those healthy habits now and get them ingrained so that they can carry you through. Yeah. Swap, swap the beer for a LaCroix one time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, question number two, what is the biggest surprise you experienced early in your career? Uh, why and how did it impact you? Yeah, you know, I would say just the the realization that kind of creeps over you slowly in your career is that you're you're on your own, basically. I mean, it's hard when you come up because you're you're supported by your parents and you're supported by your school and you're supported by you know, all these mentors and, and, and different people throughout your life. And you kind of get into the, the workforce and you're like, this should, you know, continue as it has been for the first, you know, 18 to 20 years of my life. And, and it, it, it depends on the company, really. You can get into really supportive, great companies that, that want to take care of you. But most companies, you know, people are focused on their own, their own narrow objectives. They're, right. for lack of a better word, focused on their, their own goals and their own family and their own problems and stuff like that. And they don't spend a lot of time thinking about you, to be honest. Um, and, and they expect you to come in and add value to the company and, and to do a great job every day. And that's pretty much it. So I think the sooner that you can realize, hey, you're on your own for better or worse, and it's up to you every day to make it happen, um, you're, you're going to save yourself a lot of grief. Yeah, that is, that's all. For some, that's a, that's a harsh reality, right? Because you are supported along the way by your parents, by school. It's always get to the next thing, get the grade. We're here to help. Uh, and then you're put into the workforce and it's like, boom, all of that stuff pretty much doesn't matter. Nobody's going to tell you. There's no career counselor to coach you. There's no teacher that's going to uh, look out for your grades and, and offer assistance if you, if you start stumbling. And it really is on you to establish that. It's one of the reasons why we founded Ramp too is to give folks that on ramp to their career and help support them in that transitional period, so they have the skills 
to build up off of this. When do you think you realized that? When was when was that point in your career where you realized, yeah, it's, it, it's up to me? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that just years of kind of beating my head against the wall where it was like, if I just had support from my manager, or if I just had better leads from the marketing team, or, you know, if my customers would just return my calls, you know, and, and sort of, you know, not having the internal locus of control and, and focusing on what I could actually control in the situation and kind of leaving my career success or happiness up to the chance of other people. Um, and after a while, just beating your head against the wall and then finally realizing like, hey, for lack of a better word, nobody gives a hoot about what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, they, they're, I, I have to add value to them to get some kind of reward, you know, and, and get some kind of acknowledgement. And uh, if I sit here and wait for that, then uh, it's just making me miserable, you know? So, I mean, and that, it, it took a long time and a lot of trial and error to finally realize that. So, you know, hopefully I can save you guys a few years. <laughs> great, great advice, great advice. And Another uh, addition off of that. So when you started realizing it, what were some of the things that you installed in your in your life, in your work to combat that or to make it so you you know you didn't have to think I need to rely on somebody? How did you own that responsibility? Yeah. So I mean, first and foremost is just having that realization, you know, and really, really internalizing that, hey, I'm completely on my own here. I gotta make it happen. And, and nobody's coming to save me. You know, I have to take full 100% responsibility for everything in my life, even if it doesn't seem like it has anything to do with what, you know, I'm doing. So first, it's that realization and installing that, you know, in my mindset, right? And then the next thing is self-education. Um, because, and not to date myself too much, but in the old days, you know, you had to go, actually go to the library and like check out books and bring them home or drive, <laughs> drive down to a bookstore. I don't even think crazy, they those, crazy. Right. And it was, it was hard, man. I mean, but then it kind of coincided with my realization, you know, that you can go to, you can literally get an education on YouTube. You yep. can sign up for courses, you can, um, you know, order books on Kindle and read them. And so the next thing I, I would just recommend is take full ownership of that self-education. And, and you know, if you're at a point where it's like, Ugh, I just don't want to deal with this anymore, take a break and stuff, watch some Netflix, you know, whatever, but carve out a little bit during the day to like get some self-education and some implement some new strategies if things aren't working for you, um, you know, that that is, you have a great opportunity right now with like all the stuff that's online that you can learn from. Such, such good advice. It's a page out of uh, Jocko Willink's Extreme Ownership book too. And it's yeah. really just taking accountability for yourself. Uh, and it's, it's, it's something that I've talked about with folks entering their career as well. It's before you go to a manager, before you think about asking a, a coworker for some, for some question, just run a simple Google search. You know, a lot of times the answer is just right in front of you and you can, you know, you can make this work on your own before, uh, before having to, to go ask somebody. So I think this is, this is great advice and really taking ownership and accountability over, uh, over yourself and having that realization that, you know, this is, this is on you. No one else is going to do it for you. So that, that, that's great, David. Question three, 
what is one mistake you made early in your career that shaped the way you operate today uh, and how has it shaped you? Yeah, you know, when I thought about that, there, there's a great book by Ryan Holiday called Ego is the Enemy. And and I think that one, one piece of wisdom that I, you know, kind of has been revealed over the last couple of years is I think where I got tripped up a lot is just having a big ego. And it's, it's, you know, if you met me, you'd be like, why would he have an ego? <laughs> um, you know, I'm not, I'm not like some big old, you know, square jawed person, you know, who thinks they're amazing. Right. And I, I, but when I say the ego got in the way, it's like, I remember a lot of times I was absolutely convinced I had all the answers I knew better than everybody else. And if I just, you know, stick to my program and like grind it out, that I'll be super successful. And it's it's actually the opposite of that. I mean, just being able to be vulnerable and like humble and ask, ask for help and seek mentorship and, and try to add value to the conversation first before extracting and doing things your way. It, it, that's that's the way to get ahead. So I would just say, read that book, try to tame your ego, put it aside and just realize you don't know everything. You don't have all the answers. Everybody else is not wrong. <laughs> that's an extreme example, but I can totally. see that a little bit, you know, throughout the years. And, and I think it hurt. Totally. Thanks for sharing that. I, I appreciate that. That's not an easy thing to share always too. Do you, do you have an example or do you have a time where you were like, Okay, I gotta, I gotta get out of this. I gotta, I gotta stop being, in, you know, in, in your words, maybe ego driven and more, more vulnerable, more, more willing to accept advice from others. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something I, I work on still, you know, and and I think, um, you know, going from the corporate world uh, where I was in for a number of years to entrepreneurship. It's it's um, it's almost it's almost because of that strong ego drive <laughs> that I decided I'm just going to be my own boss. You know, I'm not going to listen to anybody anymore. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it, it's still something that I struggle with. And so, yeah, in starting a company, for example, we're in the product launch or the service launch, uh, you know, aspect of it. At first, I would just launch things that I thought everybody's going to love this, right? I mean, you just launch it and I'll be a millionaire, you know, next yeah. week. Yeah. It turns out nobody wanted it. Nobody nobody buys it because I didn't do any market research. There was no uh, pre-planning. It was just a, a big ego exercise. And so literally the marketplace schools you in that effect. Um, and, and so I, I'm still learning it today. Great. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say the transition I've made from operator to entrepreneur, you get smacked in the face really quickly by your customers, uh, by folks engaging with your your product, your content, et cetera. And they're very, very honest and they're honest right away. So there's no hiding there. And the ego gets chipped away really quickly. hundred <laughs> percent. I, I know the marketplace is uh, much less forgiving than uh, even, you know, uh, <laughs> a corporate environment. For sure. For sure. Awesome. Well, question for uh, who's had the greatest impact on your career? Yeah, I mean, I think of two two people, actually, and I know that's a little outside the question, but one is, you know, a, a, a sales leader that I worked with that gave me a chance, you know, and and um, he, he took a, a shot on me for some reason. And it's like, 
it's interesting because I worked with a lot of people and some some would just blow me off completely and wouldn't listen to anything. And, you know, uh, it was really, really hard to work with them. But I remember this guy just gave me a chance to to try something and and um, and it, it, it unlocked a completely new chapter in my career. So giving somebody a shot, you know, to do something that 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 is a little bit outside of the box. I mean, that that could I, I still remember that so fondly that that they gave me that that opportunity. And then on the flip side, it's it's um, another guy who just completely dismissed me from the first day that he met me and and just derailed me and talked smack, you know, behind the scenes and just tried to push me out of the company from day one, you know, and it's like, why? <laughs> why did that one guy think that I was great? And then the other guy just blew me off from day one. And I, I think it, it kind of comes back to that first thing that we were talking about is we've got absolutely no control whatsoever out of anything that's not within our our realm here. And you're going to bump into people throughout your career who support you and other people who want to get rid of you from day one. So, you know, again, you've got to be that picture yourself like a ship, you know, out in the ocean, a sailboat. And sometimes you've got the perfect wind and there's no waves and you're tacking perfectly. Other times you're just in a typhoon, you know, but you got to keep going. Yep. Yep. You gotta, you gotta keep persisting. Uh, curious to know on the, on the second person, the first one makes yeah. sense to me, right? So the, the, the first one is, is somebody gave you a shot, obviously, you know, you ran with that and have led a very successful career since the, the second one, you know, how did that make you feel and how has it shaped your future interactions with folks? And I mean, so many questions. I don't mean to batch them all, but, and how have you been able to identify folks that are going to do that again? Well, I think it's, it's, you know, one, one thing that I definitely took from that experience is I give people a chance. I mean, you know, as a manager and as an owner of a company, you know, I, I'm, I'm really, I try to lay out the, the foundation and be communicative and, and give them all the information that I can possibly give to support them and give them a chance to to be successful maybe too too long i mean i've probably <laughs> let people you know cuz there's a flip side of that is when it's just not a good fit and and you know it's not good for either side i i need to get tougher about making change um and so i probably this pendulum swung too far to just give people a chance forever and even if it's not good but i i think it's just i'm so scarred by those type of experiences that now it, it comes out in the way that I manage people. Cool. Well, I think you've turned a, a you know, potentially <laughs> negative situation into something positive and forward looking and optimistic about folks who you bring on and folks who you manage and, and how you treat people, which is, which is exciting and, and uh, which is great to hear. Um, question five, the last question, uh, something we ask all of our guests both seasons if you could go back in time now that you have the benefit of hindsight and give uh, a young or younger David advice, what would you give yourself? What advice would you give yourself as you were entering your career? Yeah, it's it's funny. And and I, I do a lot of self-education as well. And I hear um, Gary Vaynerchuk give this advice to younger people. And we're about the same age. So I'm like, yeah, you know, he's like a brother to me, although I've never met him. So I just bring that up because um, a lot of 
a lot of times he'll tell people, hey, just try things. And uh, don't worry about your resume. Like, I mean, it's it's such an antique, uh, you know, mind frame to say, okay, I have to graduate from a top MBA school, and then I'm going to become a consultant at McKinsey for five years, and then I'm going to become a VP at Procter and Gamble. And, you know, like in my in my day, <laughs> you know, again, uh, dating myself, but it's like you you had to have this this very sequential yep. logical progression on your resume in order to be taken seriously. And I, I just think in the last like 10 years or whatever, it, the whole thing has just been blown up. And I, and the reason I bring this up is if you're getting in your, into your career, you're going to be in your career for a long time. So just try a bunch of stuff, just try a bunch of different positions, a bunch of different jobs and, um, you know, and, and see which one really appeals to you where you can help people and you can make money and, and uh, you're, you're not completely stressed out all the time you, and you love what you're doing. And even if it's, you know, a zigzag on your resume and stuff like that, I, don't worry about it. Because if you can keep trying things until you land on something that you really like and you're motivated to do, you'll be more successful and all that other stuff's not going to matter anyway. So I, I would say, you know, try a bunch of stuff and see what sticks. Yep. That's superb advice, frankly. Uh, it's something that wasn't taught to me when I was coming through college too. It's not something necessarily my parents ever told me. I was raised with a, you know, go to the absolute, get the best grades in high school, go to the best school you can get into, get the credential you need to get the great job out of college. And what did I do? I did, you know, some of those steps, you know, tried my absolute best to get the best grades. But when it came to the career after, I felt very stuck because uh, I worked, I, I went to a business school, Michigan Business School, and they were all about iBanking, consulting, pushing you into that track. And that just didn't fit me. And I was like, am I, what am I doing wrong here? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, I should be very, very excited to go into these interviews. And I just wasn't feeling it. Uh, and it's not until really I found tech and tech sales started at Groupon back in the day early where where I felt like my personality just jived a little bit better. It's fast paced. You could try things. You're experimenting every day. You're building something. You know, the energy at a startup is much different than a bank, but I lucked into that. You know, I found, I found myself, you know, I worked at a summer camp right after school. I worked at a law firm. I thought I wanted to go into law. And then, you know, luckily a friend reached out with Groupon and I looked at their website and nobody was wearing a suit. And I was like, this, this, this has got to be it. But at the time I wasn't purposely trying things. I was just, I thought it was, I thought it was the wrong thing the whole way through. Right. I'm not in iBanking. I'm not in consulting. I remember how I felt there. So this to me is like, be purposeful with the things that you try early in your career and, and, and try as many as you can until you get it right. And it's okay to, to screw up and it's okay to fail. And it's okay to learn from those mistakes along the way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough. I mean, and, and I, the other bit of advice I would say is, is um, you know, it, it's really easy to be hard on yourself. Like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. My parents are giving me this, and you know, and and especially it's hard, you know, if you have a lot of debt coming out of school, and it's like, ah, I gotta be a lawyer now because you know I'm I'm hundred thousand dollars in debt or whatever, and and, and get that paid off. So, um, you, it's it's easy to get stuck in a situation, um, and but your heart and your gut are telling you, 
you know, whether something's working or not. And maybe right now you can't like suddenly escape and like become, (laughs) you know, digital nomad or whatever it is, but, um, you got to listen to that. And, and, um, if you can make a switch, you know, that's why I'm excited about sales development because it's, um, and programs like yours, because, you know, people may have not ever thought of sales and not have thought about the tech industry, you know, and, and it, it, there is an entry point to get into these amazing companies and do sales for a few years, get those skills, you know, build up an awesome track record, make some money. And then once you're in there, it's like the sky's the limit. You know, you yeah. could become a higher level salesperson. You could get into management. You could do marketing, customer success. There's a bunch of different routes that you can take. But, but uh, you know, that, so that's, that's the positive thing about what we're doing. Yep, that's that's exactly right. And I think uh, one one superb advice again, right? Don't beat yourself up. Something that I again should have taken that. I wish I heard this note earlier in my career, especially when I was coming out of college. But two, when if you wind up in a sales role, it's not necessarily that you have to stay there the entire track, but it just opens up so many doors within tech companies including the sales only track, right? They're the one straightforward one is you can be an account executive, you can be a manager, you can be a VP, but you crush your role as a sales development rep. You're also opening yourself up to marketing. You're opening yourself up to customer success. You could do product sometimes. So uh, tons of different career paths just by simply like jumping into a very energetic role at the ground floor, learning how to talk to people, how to talk to customers, uh, how to be on a, an energized team, you know, all those things, regardless if you stick in sales or not, are going to be important for the rest of your career. 100%. I mean, it's those communication skills. And a lot of tech companies, you know, they're essentially mar- marketing and engineering. You know, right. I mean, if you kind of boil it down, there's those two sides of the house. And, and um, there's just so many opportunities. Um, it, it, the tech industry, I feel like is right at the beginning, you know, with the advent of cloud computing and, yep. and the stuff that's happening right now. It's just the sky's the limit. Um, so I, I'm very bullish. Uh, I think every every company is going to be a tech company, um, yep. you know, at some point. <laughs> and so get in with, with both feet, learn as much as you can, try not to have a big ego, all the other stuff we're talking about. You're going to be great. That, that's great. That's a, that's a, it's a perfect way to end. Uh, perfect, uh, perfect thing to end on. And we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for sharing your wisdom with our folks uh, and our audience. I know they're going to get a ton of benefit from it, from this, especially because many of them are early career folks. who are just starting out and need that guidance that they aren't necessarily get, uh, getting back to some of the early things we said about you're kind of, you're, you're on your own a bit. But thank you. It's been awesome speaking with you. And uh, we'd love to have you back someday to to share more stories on the How I Sell podcast. Well, thank you. Yeah. And if anybody wants to reach out or you got questions or, you know, just statements or whatever about this conversation, I'm on LinkedIn, D-U-L-A-N-Y. I'm happy to, you know, respond back because I love what you're doing, man. And and, and um, if I can help in any way with, with this type of stuff, it's my pleasure. So thanks, Danny. Sweet. Of course. Thanks, David. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to The Ramped Podcast. To access our show notes, The Ramped Platform, or to become a corporate partner, visit www.rampedcareers.com or email us at sales at rampedcareers.com. This podcast is brought to you by Ramped. Ramped is on a mission to democratize job access through learning and career discovery. Until next time.